0: Thanks for listening to the Vines podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. Our scripture reading today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 19, verses 16 to 27. Then Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus, and carrying the cross by himself, he went out to what is called the Place of the Skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write, The King of the Jews, but, This man said, I am King of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. They divided my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And this is what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, it's my great pleasure, honor to introduce Nancy Mariquin as our preacher today. Uh, Nancy is the founding pastor of Dripping Springs Presbyterian Church, That church was planted in 2005, and what an amazing story if you know about Dripping Springs Prez, if you know Austin, if you know all that went on there. And I asked Nancy this morning about those early years, and the amazing thing is that stands out to Nancy is, if you're that, I'll just say it, Nancy, because we're the same age, or were, (laughs) and 50-plus years old, closer to 40, 51 who goes out and plants a church as a 51-year-old woman? Nancy Mariquin goes out and plants a church with, I know, the help of many others and with the help of her dearly beloved husband, Jim, and such a community in Austin that helped birth that church. Nancy has recently retired last year. So she's been enjoying the retired life and it is a joy for Nancy to come and share scripture with us this morning. So if we would, let's bring up Nancy Mariquin.
1: Good morning, everybody. Oh, that's awesome to have applause after being out of the business for that long. That's awesome. I am so grateful to be here with you all this morning. The, The truth is I really got emotional, uh, worshiping a minute ago. We haven't been worshiping in person, and, y'all, there's nothing like it. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome to have online opportunities, but what I'm so grateful, I know Jim is too, that we could be here to worship with y'all today and to just let that beautiful music wash over us. And I'm grateful that Mark asked, us, asked me to, um, to be here today for this particular scripture. For one thing, um, I've never preached on this scripture before, so I said to Mark, great, You're going to give me something I've never preached on, so I'm going to actually have to work on it, and I did. But I'm really grateful because I took it so personally as a mom, as a mother. These words that uh, Jesus speaks to his mother from the cross is just incredible. So Ron just read it to us. uh, Mary, his mother, other women there, as well as John, they have followed Jesus all the way to the cross, and, and just imagine there's Mary. Mary was there when Jesus took his first breath, and there was no way that she wasn't going to be there when he took his last. So before we dive into the story for a minute, let's just take a moment to pray together. God, we do thank you for the, for the personal nature of this scripture. We thank you for the beauty of it. For the truth of it, we thank you um, how your spirit is in the middle of it and he it reveals who your son Jesus is. So we ask at this time, as we take a few minutes to meditate on it, that your spirit would come and meet our spirit in that deep place so that we are transformed a bit more into the people that you have created us to be. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. About a week or so ago, I... Uh, I knew I was going to be coming here, so I thought, what do women do? We get a haircut, right? We get our hair worked on. And, and so I went to, um, I went to my, the woman that I have, her name is Leanne, that I've gone to since actually pretty much since the church started, DSPC did. And so I know Leanne pretty well. And, and I went and I said, hey, Leanne, I have a preaching gig, so I need to look. Okay, you know, and, and she laughed because she knows I had retired recently. And uh, she said, okay, so where and what are you going to be talking about? And so I told her where, and, and, and I said, I started telling their story. I said, it's, you know, in the church, we do this thing of Lent building up towards Easter, and and I'm going to be preaching some of the, one of the statements that Jesus makes, and it's this conversation between Jesus and his mother. And, and she said, I'm not sure I know what that is. And so I said, okay, well, let me tell you, it's, you know, I said, you know, that time when Jesus is on the cross and... And picture that. You know, we think of the cross as way up there. The history tells us that crosses were only a couple of feet off the ground. So I told her, imagine Mary was close enough to Jesus to actually touch his bruised and bloody feet, and she's there with him. And Jesus sees her, and then he sees his friend. And, and he makes sure they're taking care of each other. I said, he says these words. He says, dear woman, your son, behold your son, son, behold your mom. And I, I, said, I said, so that's what I'm going to be preaching on. And I quit talking, and it's real quiet, and that's unusual for Leanne. And I look up, and she's teared up, and really tears are coming down onto her mask. And, um, and she said, I don't think I've ever heard that before. I've never thought of it that way before. And, and and she said, I never thought about how it would have been for Mary to be there. I can't imagine it as a mother. And she told me a little bit about, I know about her son Hayden. He lives in New York City. She's very close to her son Hayden. And she said, I just pictured Hayden and me in that moment. It's a parent's worst nightmare, and I know... Some of you, surely, some of you present or you online have actually experienced as a parent the worst nightmare of a child dying, and that's what Leanne was picturing. And then she said this to me, which was pretty amazing. She says, um, You know, I've just never thought of Jesus like that before. Leanne grew up in a very rigid church as a child, and And the reality is is she pretty much left Jesus when she left the church or, I don't know, maybe the church left her, but, but she hadn't given much thought to that Jesus before. And in this moment of humanity between a mother and son, I think what she really saw is this core of who Jesus is. It's his DNA. It's what Robert Mulholland, he's a theologian and writer, some of y'all may be familiar with him, what he calls cruciform love. That right there as Jesus is on the cross, she is witnessing the core of who Jesus is and therefore who God is. A self-giving, self-sacrificing love. That's what she got a glimpse of and you know it must have been for leanne i think this moment of realizing that's how much jesus cared for his mother and for his friend that that actually in his moment of agony he was giving the people he loved the most to one another to care for one another you know, it must have comforted Jesus to see John there. We, we, we know that it was John, history tells us, the one that Jesus loved is John himself. And, 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 it, and we know that John ran away with all of the other disciples, although he had followed Jesus faithfully for uh, those years, uh, just like the other followers of Jesus' disciples, most of them, he ran away the night before, when it got dangerous and when it got costly. But just imagine what it must have been like for Jesus in his agony to see John there, his dear friend, maybe his best friend, standing there, came back, he showed up, showed back up in this moment with Jesus. And what it was like when he saw John and was able to say, these words that gave them to each other. This is your son. This is your mother. You know, not only does that give us a touch of Jesus' humanity, what it really does more than that is in that moment, Jesus is redefining family for us. He's redefining family. You know, he's redefining family, but, but you know, um, that in spite of instead of we've always, up to that point, they had defined family as, who are your physical descendants? Uh, what's your bloodline? Like, who do you belong to? Who are your parents? Who are your grandparents? That was important. But in this moment, Jesus redefines that. He redefines it. He redefines it into this act of mutual love. No longer would family just be defined by who your parents were, who your grandparents were, what your bloodline is. Do you qualify? It's actually now defined by mutual love. And that is an incredible thing to imagine that. In that moment, Jesus begins to create a family that's defined by love. And actually, not many hours before this that Jesus is hanging on the cross, what we know is that Jesus prayed to God, His Father, and, and He actually prayed for His disciples there and, and the immediate disciples. But He prayed for you and me. He said He, pr- he prayed for, Father, for all those that will believe because of this message, because of their message. So that means you and me, 21st century Austin. He prayed for us. And he said, I pray, Father, this is Father, this is Son talking to Father, I pray that they will be one as we are one, that they will be united as we are one, united in love. And he gives sort of legs to this love when he speaks that into Mary and into John. It's not just theory anymore. He actually gives legs to it. That this is what it's going to look like. You weren't born of this mother. This is not the son you gave birth to. But you're family now. You're family Actually, was Jesus, one of his greatest desires as he was heading to the cross was that we would be united and that we'd be one. And in fact, just before that, that same evening in John 13, Jesus actually gives that command that I know you all know. He says a new command to love one another. And then he again puts that love, he puts puts legs on it. Because he said, because the way you love one another, that means us, how you love one another will actually give the world a snapshot of who I am. That ought to be a little daunting. It also ought to be a little exciting that we are a snapshot of Jesus to the world. So what kind of snapshot of Jesus Are we giving to the world? Well, if you think of it with the big C, uh, the big church, the universal church, I would actually say probably the Western United States church. What kind of snapshot of Jesus do you think we're giving? The reality is that my friend Leanne might say, snapshot I see is a bunch of people that look a whole lot like the rest of the world. They bicker, they draw lines, they're divided. They criticize one another. You know what? Big C Church doesn't look that different than the world around me. And that can sound disturbing, but here's the hope, friends. The great news is that the story's not over. Jesus has... God has not finished painting that picture. It's not just that one snapshot. There is a much greater masterpiece that He's still bringing, and we get to be a part of bringing that masterpiece to life. Because the little seas, that's the vine, that's all of us churches, communities that gather together with one another... You know, the truth is God always has seemed to work in the small ways instead of these big grand ways. God te- seems to change things through small acts, small ways, and that means through small snapshots of who He is, and that's what we get to do. And whenever we get to be a part of that or whenever we witness that, we are seeing and giving a snapshot of Jesus to a broken world. We are changing the picture for people. That tiny moment changed a bit of the picture that Leanne had of Jesus and of the love of Jesus. And it is so incredibly joyful to see that or be a part of that Some of you, a number of you that I know here, I know because of pilgrimage. Crucio pilgrimage, some have been to Emmaus, kind of all the same thing. But when you go to a pilgrimage, what you see is sort of snapshot after snapshot after snapshot of Jesus and love. You just do. It's just constant snapshotting of Jesus' love. And you know what? It's doing what Jesus said it would do. It begins to bring people into his love. And at DSPC, Jim and I were able to, over the years, see some incredible, incredible um, witnesses and snapshots of the small ways that Jesus uh, allows us to be a picture of him to the world. Uh, I think of uh, Lynn, we have a friend, Lynn. Some of y'all know Lynn through pilgrimage. Uh, when we early on in the church, we were le- meeting in a really ugly double-wide trailer, and but everybody had their row because, you know, people tended to sit on the same row. I'm betting a lot of y'all are sitting in the same seats that y'all tend to sit in, even outside on a Sunday, but that's what Lynn and Marvin were doing. They sat on their little row, and um, and a woman named Mary started coming, and, uh, and Mary sat uh, on the same row, but a few seats between them, and they would pass the piece, and they would say hi to each other, but... Lynn and Marvin would go back to their part of the row and Mary by herself would go back to where she was. Until one Sunday, if you know Lynn, you can actually literally picture this, until one Sunday when there's the passing of the peace and instead of moving back, Lynn actually just grabbed Mary, pulled her into her, and, and Lynn told me, I, I didn't know what she would think if I hugged her like that. She was an older woman. And, and, and Lynn grabbed Mary and Mary leaned her head on Lynn's shoulder. And Lynn said, Is this okay? And she said, Yes. This is what my husband used to do when he was alive. He would put his arm around me in church. And nobody has touched me like that since he died. Y'all, that's a snapshot of Jesus to me and to anyone as around certainly to Mary, and it was to Mary's extended family who none of them attended any worship service. It touched them. I saw it yesterday. Jim and I went to Port Aransas, Uh, some good friends of ours, um, the Gabberts, who helped start DSPC. They've moved to Corpus now. Um, They had a memorial service for their daughter. They were living living that worst nightmare their daughter was 38 years old and died uh, after a month of cancer and they had a memorial service yesterday and a couple of days ago Jim got a call from Brad the dad and, and, and he said they've played music together for years and he said hey will you come play guitar with me it would be a huge favor because I, I may not make it through and if I don't make it through you'll be there that y'all yesterday when I saw that and Brad made it through but I know he made it through because Jim was there with him it was a snapshot of the love of Jesus and the kind that he says will actually be irresistible and uncontainable irresistible and uncontainable to people around that that is family they're brothers they're family because of the love of Jesus Will it? Well, I I can say, I I just want to say too, I know enough of y'all and I know Mark pretty well that I know you all have plenty of stories, snapshots you could give from the vine. Your name actually screams it, right? The vine and the branches. I know you all could give lots and lots of stories. And actually, I hope you will in your small groups this week. I hope you'll actually share snapshots that you've been a part of or someone you've seen a snapshot of love that actually drew you into the love of G- D- Jesus more than you had. Uh, I know you do that. But, but here's what we know. Rarely, 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 I'll never say never because there's always some exceptions, uh, but rarely has anyone, anyone ever been drawn to follow Jesus because of a correct doctrine or a theology or, or any of that, uh, some sort of apologetics. Rarely has anyone ever chosen to fall in love with Jesus and follow Jesus because of that. Jesus knew what he was doing when he gave this command. Because people, and I bet you could give your own story of this, you have been drawn into the love of Jesus and knowing him more because you've seen a snapshot of love through someone else. That's the way he tends to work. People are drawn to the irresistible, sort of uncontainable, really mysterious love that people see people loving one another. Not because they look alike, because they vote alike, because they live in the same neighborhood, uh, same age, none of that not out of some obligation or shoulds, but because they're drawn together as an act of love. See, that's why Jesus gave Mary and John to one another. I've read some stuff that say Jesus was actually just living out His Ten Commandments. One, I think it's the fourth or fifth. Honor your mother and father that it was an obligation. Y'all, I don't see it. I don't see that Jesus in that moment gave Mary to John and John to Mary and made them family out of some obligation. I believe he did it as an act of love. Will it cost us? It cost Jesus everything, yes. Truth is, loving that kind of Jesus love that actually puts the interest of someone else above your own personal interest, it can be very costly. You all, many of you probably have your own examples of that. I'll give you a little tiny one of mine. I I confess that a few days ago I would pretty much said, you know, we're not going to drive down to Port Aransas for uh, Lauren's memorial service. We literally, we had been there a few weeks ago to be with Lauren and Brad and Kathy and the family, and then literally last weekend, Jim and I were in Rockport all weekend, and I'd began to rationalize, because you know what? It wasn't that easy, it wasn't that convenient. We had other things we wanted to do. We have a grandson who's uh, play is uh, playing tennis this weekend. We were going to watch him. You know, I'd rationalized it out. We'll go. It don't mean more to them for us to go later. You know y'all know what I mean? It's convenient, easy, comfortable. And then Jim got that phone call from Brad. And there is no place in the world I would have wanted to be yesterday than with Brad and Kathy. Because, see, I could have rationalized, well, you know what? They're going to have their family with them, right? They'll have their kids, their their, uh, sisters and brothers, you know, that family. But no, that's the bloodline family, and that's awesome what they wanted with them was family of mutual love with Jesus. What a beautiful, beautiful, irresistible picture I saw yesterday of this kind of love that Jesus set apart as family with what He did on the cross. And I would bet you all agree with me. There is there is nothing right now that this broken world could use more than a whole lot of snapshots of Jesus through us. And and it's not going to be grand things. It's going to be you and me making, listening to the Spirit and making choices like the one that Jim and I felt compelled to make. Because I just have to tell you, the truth is, what we thought we were giving up to do that. You know, this is what God tends to do. You never give up without God being abundant on top of it. We're going to do some of the things that we thought we were going to do over the weekend. We're going to do them today. Our grandson actually, brag time, our grandson, 12-year-old grandson, actually is at 1245 in Georgetown is playing the championship match. And we get to be there for it. We weren't there for the others, but God has blessed us to be able to be there. I'm so grateful for that so friends the world needs you and me and this kind of love so what kind of snapshot are you going to be to the people around you of Jesus because Jesus says that kind of irresistible love is proof that God is alive and well and at work in this world we are proof Jesus says of His cross and the power of the resurrection and the power of His Holy Spirit to you and me we're proof of His love and as we live into that the kingdom comes and His will is done on earth here right now as it is in heaven may it be so let's pray